Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. The, the human mind and body and uh, mentality and all of it is just—it's just amazing. We're sitting here talking as we come back from break about uh, the difference between trail running and marathon running, and I. Uh, if you couldn't tell, if you're watching on TV, not much of a distance runner. <laughs> but uh, my guest now in studio, Justin Angle, one of our favorites, uh, business angle coming up, but uh, an accomplished distance and trail runner. And uh, I don't know, man, I, I can't imagine running 50 miles on a trail. Yeah, I mean, it's not something you think about in a single conception right it's right. just like running around the block it's one step at a time sure so if you can, I mean, at least that was my way to get my head around and, and, and forgive me for being uh making assumptions but you probably couldn't imagine like full contact fighting or uh playing offensive line i could imagine <laughs> playing offensive line i could imagine full contact fighting because you know i'd probably just get beat up pretty quick <laughs> uh, but on the flip side maybe i could outrun my attackers so. well, certainly and you'd Let's have the see. endurance to at least uh, be able to hang yeah, around i just try to use words like i tell my kids <laughs> use your words and i try to do the same and sometimes they get me into trouble and uh i gotta figure out a way out well that's that's good uh if you miss anything in hour number one here on nuanas now uh you know i i had to do a little self-therapy i had to give you a little uh reminder of why Kirk Cousins is the worst quarterback situation in the National Football League. But also, give you some of the most fun storylines from around high school football in the state of Montana. Give you some of the standouts uh, from around the wide world of sports in Montana with our Treasure State Stars. And also, we heard from Dan Broadhead, first-year head coach at Helena High. His team off to a 3-1 and start, and they've done it in thrilling fashion. Uh, their three victories, they, they, they ran past Missoula Hellgate this last week, but they had a one-point victory and a five-point victory. So they've been gutting it out, and uh, they're on their way to Missoula to take on Missoula Sentinel uh, later on this week. You can find all of the first hour today on the Nuanas Now podcast, uh, probably presented by the Advocates, the M Store, uh, and the MSU Bookstore. Uh, one thing that I thought was uh, interesting, Justin, before we get into some of the uh, business and sports questions I have, for you is the uh, Montana Marathon was run in Billings over the weekend, and they, they run it on dirt. 
and a couple records, Phil, by some recognizable names. If you've been following along to our uh, our uh, bi-monthly running segments, a couple names that have come up a lot in recent years, especially and especially when we covered high school track and field as well. Uh, Perrin and Morley, both really established names, both from up in the Flathead. Uh, there's been several Perrins, Ben Perrin, Zach Perrin, uh, and Zach was the uh, new now record holder of this Montana marathon run on soil. It was actually the half marathon he set the record in. And then McKenna Morley, uh, who ran at Colorado after being a star at Big Fork, she set the women's record. Zach Perrin, one hour, four minutes and 43 wow. seconds. McKenna Morley, one hour, nine minutes and 48 seconds. Those are fast times no matter what. But yeah, that is fast on whatever surface. Is soil, you were saying running on dirt, it's just slower than, than on the pavement? I mean, generally, yeah, soil is a little bit slower. Um, it's hard to quantify exactly how much we're saying slower versus, versus asphalt. Um, it just has more give to it. And so it absorbs some of that energy. The energy transfer isn't quite as uh, dramatic. Um, so generally the times are slower, but um, those are still fantastic times. And, and when you're considering that they're on soil, I, even more impressive. For sure. Uh, Colorado, great running program right now. They're producing a lot, and they're recruiting to Montana a lot, too. Mm-hmm. So some good opportunities for some Montana-made runners. Let's dive into the business angle. It's the overlay between business and sports here on Nuanas Now. We do this every other Tuesday. Happy to have Justin in studio. Oftentimes, we record this down at his shop, Studio 49, uh, there on the University of Montana campus. Justin, a uh, business professor there at UM. Uh, I crowdsourced our uh, some of our topics for today. Oh, geez, okay. Uh, so our first one. Uh, comes from my brother, and this is actually a very uh, interesting one. Thanks to Brooks uh, for presenting this to me. But he he wants to to know uh, just sort of the if there's any parallels between the structure of the NFL with its salary cap and the location of its teams. Because on one hand, we talk frequently about the NFL being this this monster, this unbelievable beast of a business that seems like it has nothing that can make it fail. The marketing is is astounding. The popularity never seems to waver. It doesn't matter what happens. They're always in the news. But I can't really think of one where there's a parallel where you can't spend more to be better. You just have to spend the same as everybody else. Yeah, in many ways, the the NFL is a regulated monopoly. Right. Right. I mean, there are sort of other entrants are allowed to enter. Um the field, but startup leaks don't have a great track record. Right, totally. Um, so it is de facto a regulator um, monopoly from an external standpoint. From an internal standpoint, it's kind of, in some ways, a socialistic enterprise. Interesting. Right? There is a, a group of owners that all own the production right. and they share resources in many ways. They have a set of rules that govern them. And they collude in many ways. And that's not, I mean, collusion has sort of been this uh, politically charged word over the last few years. But these business owners collude and set up these rules and these systems such that they try to, I mean, you could say they try to manage to a level of parity, although each individual franchise is trying its hardest to win. But they've sort of agreed on a set of rules to maximize the profitability across the league. That's the one of the most fascinating parts about actually analyzing the NFL is one of the parts that they can't mitigate is how elite the elite quarterbacks are. Mm-hmm. If you have one of those, you have a distinct advantage over the rest of the league. There just only happens to be four, five, six of those guys yeah. at any given time. Other than that, though, I truly believe that 
this time of year, first couple, three weeks of the NFL, the teams are almost across the board even, and that's what they want. Then it comes down to luck, attrition, how those factors then play into team chemistry. That's why it's such this great drama because you never know. I mean, you can have a roster where you think you're all loaded up for the Super Bowl like the 49ers were two years ago, and then all your best players can get hurt, and you go 5-11. and 11. Right, right. Or uh, you can come out of nowhere and shock the world because you stay a little bit more healthy or because you win four in a row, and now the chemistry is good and everybody's rolling. So it seems as if uh, even though it maybe is a, a disproportionate business environment, it is working from, like you're saying, if it's an all-for-one and one-for-all entity, that's what makes it all so popular. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you could also kind of, I just sort of called it a socialistic enterprise, but it's also got capitalistic um Aspects as sure, well, and in some sure. ways, you could think of the meta, the, the the NFL, and how it operates as a metaphor for our economy. Like we don't have a purely market-driven economy. There are managed markets; they're regulated at the local level, at the federal level. Mm. So there are rules, there are guidelines, and any and the idea is to try to. Well, there's debate about what the idea is. A lot of people right. say it's to create equality of opportunity. Right. I'm going to stick with that. Um, some people say equality of outcome. That's sort of a different system, but. In many ways, like the NFL constructs these rules to maximize competition, and then the, 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 each franchise is given free reign to operate within those rules. Some of that's dictated by good fortune, player gets injured or not, although that's not necessarily good fortune. It could be preparation and, and the health care that that player is receiving. Right. Um, but then you're right. Like you could hit the lottery and get one of the better quarterbacks and that kind of breaks the rules and it doesn't necessarily break the rules, but it maximizes your return within the set of rules. And some of that's random. Even that though, a business angle here on Nuana is now presented by Blackfoot communications. Appreciate Blackfoot for all of their continued support of all of our different, uh, endeavors here uh, at ESPN radio, as well as skyline sports and across the board, great people to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, including a sponsor of the New Angle podcast, which Justin is the proprietor of as well. Even that is starting to regulate itself, though, too, because of the massive amount of money, because there's yeah. not salary caps on individual player salaries. Mm -hmm. So once a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers gets paid $50 million, it, it gives you a new market. And then even if you do have Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, now you can't have as much of everything else. Yeah, and then within that, there are different dispositions of players and, and what's important to each player. Some right. player wants a longer contract. Some player wants more guaranteed money. Some player wants to win more than another and is willing to take less money or less guaranteed money and, you know, and allow the team to have more money to play with in the salary cap If quarterback, you know, can't really win games without other resources on the field. And he, he can free up some of his resources to, to benefit the team. Sometimes. I mean, this is Tom Brady in a nutshell. Yeah, right? exactly. Tom Brady has never been the highest paid player, player or quarterback. In well, the when your spouse is making like three <laughs> times as much as you do, you've got kind of some ability to do that. I mean, right? At this point, I think she's probably making like five times as much probably. as him. I mean, I think I read that she's making 55, $60 million a year, yeah. which is, uh, pretty, uh, pretty amazing. It also is sort of a long game too, though, because since now he's had all this longevity, he also now has this uh, unbelievable marketability. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is he is the crossover star of the NFL. Everybody knows who Tom Brady yeah. is, even if you don't know a single other thing about the National Football League. He's on a commercial every time you change the channel, and more than anything, though, 
he's going to go get his $50 million a year the day he retires because he's going to go sit in the broadcast booth and whoever lands his services, it's going to be well worth the money because they're going to get all of the eyes with Tom Brady diagnosing the games. Yeah, he's a bit of a unicorn, right? For so sure. He's got opportunities that don't avail themselves the average player, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. It's also interesting to think about the NFL is not the only pro sports league that's a salary cap league. In mm-hmm. fact, all of the other ma- uh, the major four pro sports, baseball is the only one without a salary cap. The NBA, though, implemented a salary cap with the caveat of a luxury tax. It, it lasted for a couple years where teams didn't want to pay the tax. And then once the new TV deal was signed and the marketability of these players yeah. just went through the roof. I mean, the Golden State Warriors are paying... I think they paid close to $200 million in salary cap tax last year. Well, it doesn't matter. You know, you you won the NBA Finals and you got Stephen Curry, so you're making all that money back and then some. Yeah, that is such a flawed system if you think about it on two levels. The luxury tax just is basically a license for richer owners to spend more. Totally. Right? And the returns to that spending are, are pretty great because, or one of the reasons, because the player effects in the NBA are so much greater than in baseball or football because you only got five people on the court at one time. The amount of influence a single player can have on the outcome is much greater than it is in the other sports. I mean, you can make the quarterback argument in football, but the player effects in basketball are overall probably stronger. Last thing on this, which I find uh, interesting too, is one of the things that does level the playing field in the NFL is where you're located. Because in the NFL, you build your team via who you draft, and who you sign. And and we've seen this frequently. I mean, look at the Los Angeles Rams right now. They have signed a ton of guys with brand-name recognition that have been stars in a lot of different places. On the contrast, very few, if any, uh, NFL stars want to sign in Green Bay, Wisconsin, population 107,000, or, you know, Buffalo, New York, up there in Canada, basically, you know, or even Jacksonville, even though Florida is a popular destination, Jacksonville itself not that popular one just because there's not a lot of pizzazz compared to a lot of the NFL markets. But that's the one place where I think that one of the great 30 for 30s that they produced, ESPN Films, is Al Davis versus the NFL. Mm -hmm. And Al Davis is the longtime owner of the Raiders. And I don't want to say which location because that's the whole story. Yeah. They were the Oakland Raiders, the LA Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, back and forth. And he was the one guy that dug in his heels and said, well, I want to have a different market. I want to have a, uh, you know, I don't want to share the LA media market. I want to have something in the Bay, all of that. And it, it caused so much disruption in the NFL. But that's an interesting factor, right, is because there is sort of this cohesive congregation of the owners, you, you can't just... You and I, if we were somehow bestowed with billions of dollars, we couldn't just go start an NFL team. Yeah. We also couldn't just buy one and move it to Missoula, Montana. It, it takes a, a a collective effort to do that. And so that's another part that sort of uh, levels the playing field in association with the salary cap. That's, I mean, another piece of this too, Coulter, is how on earth have these billionaires, been the billionaire owners, been able to use their influence to get municipalities, taxpayers to subsidize their businesses. 100%. Right? I mean, these are pub- most of these stadiums are publicly funded or have some form of public financing. I mean, look at Seattle. Seattle is one of the richest cities in America. It's yeah. one of the most expensive cities to live in. It has unbelievable economy with all of the technology mm-hmm. and import and the, the port there and all of it. 
And on one hand, they lost the Sonics because they couldn't build them a new arena. Right. And on the other hand, they have one of the gems of the National Football League that the taxpayers paid for. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's a crazy dichotomy. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting if we like got the taxpayers to build this studio. And then we could monetize the studio however we see fit. It isn't. Int- I mean, there, it's not quite that simple, but it's another embedded um, advantage the N- uh, NFL has. Talk about talking points around Missoula too, right? Like, I mean, I was down at Fort Missoula last night, and I was sitting there thinking, you know, now that I'm a homeowner, I was like, man, there's a lot of grumbling about property taxes in this sure. part of the world. But I was also watching my six-year-old nephew play flag football. I'm like, this is sweet. I'll pay the property taxes all day. Like, this this facility is awesome, and there's so many kids in the community having so much fun. And, you know, that's kind of what it's all about. Yeah, and, you know, and, and a resource like a stadium. I mean, we've talked about this on previous, yeah. you know, previous editions of this segment. Like, the returns to stadiums and professional sports teams and public resources like that, in a way, they, they create... Um, bonding and sentiment and spirit and culture. And so there are positive returns to a community. Well, that's exactly what I've always thought. It's a business angle uh, with Justin Angle here in studio. And uh, I was out in Portland last week and I was on the Portland State campus and Mm -hmm. I was actually pleasantly surprised with the facilities that Portland State has there. I mean, they have a, a great basketball gym, good weight room, good training room, good locker rooms, all that stuff. They don't have a football stadium. Yeah. They, they played downtown Providence Park. The city let them for 60 years. Then they got displaced from it. That's all I kept thinking was they don't have a big booster to come in and give them millions of dollars to build a new football stadium. But in a great metropolitan area like that, you think you could do some crowdsourcing or some sort of subsidized building of a stadium that could be a multi-purpose stadium. If Portland State only needs to use it six to seven times per fall, why not just have it be a facility for you know the dozens of other high schools in Portland? I mean, I guess I'd look at that from the standpoint of, you know, the municipal leaders in Portland, mm-hmm. right? If you're the mayor mm-hmm. of Portland, you do you want that kind of resource and who would it benefit? Right. Um, you know, there is an argument on the other side. If you're running Portland State, you could say, well, do we want a football team? Sure. Like Portland's got... that. That's a real Portland, conversation that's happening. Yeah, Portland is an awesome basketball town. For sure. And, you know... If, if the Portland State University could free up some resources to invest in its basketball program, it could really, you know, make itself into a hotbed of, uh, you know, mid-tier to top-tier NCAA basketball. I mean, you just described exactly why Gonzaga is one of the premier basketball programs in the country because they don't have a football team. They're in a growing uh, metropolitan area in Spokane. They are basically the de facto pro team of that area. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about as – uh, on the local level, baseball is now officially over. The Missoula Paddleheads suffered a uh, disappointing loss last night after having such a stellar season and winning every possible pennant along the way and then getting to the championship and, and falling short. But still, a uh, banner year, literally and figuratively, for the Paddleheads. We'll recap that season here in a minute. But the Major League Baseball season is is winding down as mm-hmm. well. And we've mentioned this before, but I, it's worth reemphasizing. There was a great column in the Los Angeles Times two weeks ago about Shotei Otani from the Los Angeles Angels and just how truly unprecedented what he's doing is. I mean, he had a, a week earlier this summer where he threw a, eight innings, one hit, and struck yeah. out 14 guys, and then had eight two home runs and eight RBI the next <laughs> day. And, and this guy was saying 
there's no debate. This guy's the greatest baseball player of all time, not in legacy, but in actual performance. No one has ever done that. Right, right. And yet we're not even really talking about it because he's just on this middling team that's going to finish fourth in the AL West. And then you also have, though, and I kind of get why maybe he's outside of it uh, for a variety of different reasons. But then you also have the biggest team in baseball in the New York Yankees with who should be the most Ruthian figure of the 21st century in Aaron Judge. And Mm -hmm. he's truly making an assault on one of the hallowed and most storied records in baseball. It's getting a little bit of coverage on the bottom line or whatever, but still, it's NBA free agency before it's ever Aaron Judge home run race. It's injury report for some running back that no one's ever heard of before it's Aaron Judge home run. It's, It's crazy the way that baseball still is being buried. Yeah, I mean, the NFL takes over this time of year. The For baseball sure. season, you know, kind of runs, peters out in its course. You have these sort of stories, like you mentioned, that people kind of buy into, but it's hard for them to break through the clutter. And I think, too, like we're just kind of, our attention spans are shorter. For like sure. We don't want to watch 162 baseball games. That's we right. want to pay attention. And, you know, over the summer, they have a bit of monopoly of, of, of mind share in a bit, but but they don't now. As you mentioned, there's there's competitors out there. Right. And I just think that another factor, too, is they keep expanding the playoffs. Right. Right. And and, and, so, and then you get into a situation exactly how the Paddlehead season ended last night, and it makes it so that, okay, the grind of 162 games, what's it worth if you can lose the whole thing in one game? Yeah, it makes no sense. Right. And so teams are probably managing themselves in different ways over the course of the season. Each game is less consequential. I mean, it goes back to, like, some of the the big source of the NFL's power is scarcity. Sure. 17 yeah, that's right. games, that's right. right? Each game, like a, a, a win or a loss – in football is akin to a you know a ten game win streak or losing streak in bat, in, in baseball. So true. the stakes are low, and you know once the stakes are low of each game, it's kind of hard to get people to pay attention to these side stories, even though they're amazing. So here's the, the the biggest dilemma that baseball faces. You're right, our attention span is shorter. We don't have the time to follow along. I also think one of the most underrated parts of the demise of baseball has been the demise of newspapers. Mm, yeah. Because you used to be able to, I mean, I used to get the newspaper every day and I would go look at the box scores. And even if I didn't watch a baseball game for three weeks, I'd kind of know what's going on because you can do a little seven-minute scan. And, oh, okay. Mookie Betts hit two doubles last night. Oh, the Dodgers are on a three-game winning streak. Ooh, Sunday Night Baseball, Dodgers, Giants. Okay, I'll watch that, whatever. It's so much harder to follow if you're not in one of the baseball markets. But this is the dilemma baseball faces now, though, is they have acknowledged that this is a shorter attention span society. Mm -hmm. And now they're contemplating all sorts of rule changes, all sorts of alterations to the game, and maybe even a shortening of the schedule. I want to ask you, though, from a business perspective, what's the give and take? Because on one hand, it could cater, but how much do you want to alter the integrity of the game to appease modern-day consumers and modern-day advertisers? Yeah, that word integrity is an interesting one. I mean, what is that integrity? The integrity is more just longevity for sure so that we can do statistical analyses over time over uh, some similar numbers for sure how, how important is that I, I don't really know if you were i mean that is a consideration but a baseball game is for me like it's kind of unwatchable on television for sure uh i love listening to baseball on the radio I agree. The pace of the game is such that like a good broadcaster can create an image in your mind mm-hmm. 
but on on television, it's it's a total snoozer. In fact, what's what sort of arose when I was living in Seattle with the Mariners, where they would do like edits of the interesting parts of the game where the ball was actually moving, and it would be like a 19 minute film. <laughs> That's right. So you can condense all the activity into such a short period of time. And I don't know exactly what those what rule changes would be if they speed up the pace, if they add a, you know other uh, clocks or you know, who knows what, but. I'd be down with some experiments, and maybe you're going to see it at the paddleheads level, and minor leagues are going to start playing with some of these things. Yeah, it is so interesting. Uh, Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, who did such a phenomenal job, if he's by chance listening. Thanks so much, man. I enjoyed listening to you all summer. But he is a master of the theater of the mind. Yeah. But he also knows such an unbelievable number of statistics. And so all of the time in between pitches and stuff like that, when you're listening on the radio, you're not bored. Because right. he's giving you the full rundown of where this fits into this and how this statistic ranks near here and what records we're approaching and what the weather's like, what it smells like there, and what he had for his pregame meal and all this stuff. On TV, they got to show you what the camera's showing you. And it just gets so boring because how many times can you pan to the dugout with the guy with the chew in his lip? And, oh, yeah. I mean, it is. It's excruciating. And they got to serve you all these ads, right? And you don't want to see those ads. <laughs> right. You just want to watch. The, well, I mean, going to the ball game, going to the field is is a tremendous experience. It takes a long time. But on television, it just doesn't work. And so the question is, like, as the as Major League Baseball loses share, and is it is it willing is it is it stuck holding on to its previous operating rhythm its previous business model or do they want to change it up change the product and uh, try to make it more accessible try to compete because if they don't um, the game can have all the integrity if it wants but if it goes away that doesn't really matter. Business angle Justin Angle in studio here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio SWX Montana Television and the ESPN Montana app. Uh, conversation between the overlay between business and sports. One last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Big Sky Conference and ESPN has a little bit of a deal now, and they identify two games in the preseason uh, that's going to be on ESPN, and it's sort of a moving target if it, which ESPN it's going to land sure. on. And, and right now we haven't heard what the October 22nd game between Montana at Sacramento State is going to be on. Uh, I, I would venture to guess ESPN2. That seems to be where they were leaning. There was also an opportunity for the October 1st game between UC Davis at Montana State to be on uh, ESPN 1 or 2. Instead, they decided today to be on ESPNU. What are the gives and takes here of that opportunity? On one hand, you're on national TV. You're on, uh, you know, the mothership, the the greatest brand in all of sports. Sure. Uh, and on the other hand, most of the people that are going to be engaged in watching the game are Montanans from rural Montana and quite a few of them, especially from Montana State, the older fans there. Are, you know, they went to Montana State because it was an agricultural school and right. they don't know how to find ESPNU. So what's the give and take here as far as the exposure? I mean, I think a, a way to think about it is how we discussed the value of, you know, having an awesome home opener against a minor school like the Grizz did a few weeks ago sure. versus an amazing home opener at, or not home opener, but amazing uh, opener against the Washington sure. Huskies on the road last year. It's sort of like, which customer segment are you going after? Sure. Um, are you going after, if you're trying to attract a national audience and build your na- the national prominence of your brand and access certain markets for recruiting 
and alumni networks and all of that, yeah, those ESPN opportunities are fantastic. If you're trying to satisfy a local constituency, yeah, you're going you're gonna to rub some people the wrong way with those trade-offs. But that's why there's more than one game in the season, right? So I, th- I think if you're an athletic department or a university, balancing those things is, is just part of the job. And given that, like, I would never say no to one of my games getting on national television. And a night game in Bozeman on October 1st when the weather's still probably going to be pretty nice nationally televised it, it, it's a good deal it's, yeah, a good, it's the big stage it's a good deal for the big sky conference for sure and for montana state as well it'll be a big deal for the grizz as well when their game uh is under the lights uh, in sacramento as well a business angle justin angle every other tuesday here on nuana's now thanks for being here man thank you nuana's now uh we'll recap some of the highlights and the heartbreaking ending for the missoula paddleheads that's next keep it right here nuana's now espn radio Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. It's just so funny. Oh, man, I was sitting there. Uh, grinding through my uh, second workout of the uh, early morning, and uh, it was a very intense one there at the uh, the hype house. And they started playing this song, and I was I, I, as I was uh, approaching near death, I couldn't help but laugh. A little pretty Ricky for you. <laughs> one of the funniest parts about getting older is looking back on when you were an adolescent slash in your early twenties. And uh, the things that you, you, you thought that you liked or that you, you really did just love simply because you're just uh, out of your mind as a, you know, a hormonal teenager is just so funny. I would never in my life choose a song uh, like that. Uh, <laughs> but I had to play it for you because it just makes me laugh so much. Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the uh, ESPN Montana app, no matter how you're tuning in. Thanks so much for following along. Coulter Nuana is coming to you through the ESPN Montana studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years and proud to say so. A lot of good feedback about our guy, Jeff Safford. And uh, we'll have Jeff in here uh, next week probably to to give us his insight and his recap of what was a 
literally and figuratively banner year for the Missoula Paddleheads. And uh, that came to a screeching halt and a very disappointing loss last night in the, uh, the deciding game, as it ended up being, for the Pioneer League Championship. Uh, Missoula raced through the regular season, first half and second half titles in the Pioneer League North. They won the Pioneer League North Division pennant uh, with a postseason win over the Billings Mustangs. And then they ran into the Grand Junction Rockies, and they came up short two games in a row. And so their season comes uh, to an abrupt end. Uh, I didn't want to bug Jeff on his first day off in, like, months, truly. I mean, it is it is an unbelievable uh, grind, uh, but he did it with so much skill and uh, so much great preparation, so much hard work. So thanks to him, first and foremost, for being our voice of the Missoula Paddleheads here at ESPN uh, Montana. And uh, we, we've gotten several messages in recent days uh, about Jeff, and we just got one right now. It says, a current Paddlehead radio play-by-play guy, Safford, is so good. He's detailed, descriptive, insightful, and keeps a great rhythm and flow. Hang on to him, please. We will do our best efforts. My man's talented, so... Uh, you know, we'll do the best we can, but as of now, uh, happy to have him. And guess what? We're going to give him a little, uh, you know, a little breather. And then he'll be back at it as the voice of uh, Grizz Hockey. So excited to have Jeff on the play-by-play uh, for Grizz Hockey. Their first game, September 30th. So um, good deal for us, good deal for him, and good deal for you. Uh, thanks for the great feedback, and also thanks to Jeff for his uh, his unwavering performance uh, all summer long last night with all the marbles on the line the grand junction junction rockies came to missoula after knocking off the paddleheads in game one of this three game series and uh they posted a 10 to 4 victory to earn their first league championship in 41 years so uh the first time they won a title was back in 1981 when they were known as the Butte Copper Kings playing in the Mining City. And uh, 41 years later, they completed the sweep uh, of the uh, Paddleheads. Um, a 10-4 win last night. So uh, sort of an abrupt and uh, certainly a disappointing end uh, to the, the Paddleheads season. Um after winning 69 games during their 95-game schedule, which was a Pioneer League record, uh, they were absolutely the favorites. But there is a, you know, this is always going to be a moving target in this new independent version of the, the, the Pioneer League because there's not a salary cap. These teams are no longer affiliated with Major League Baseball squads. So... It falls on the front office, and, and Missoula has done a phenomenal job of acquiring and retaining talent. Had several uh, headlining returners this year, like Nick Gatewood and Brandon Riley. Also added uh, phenomenal talents uh, like Jason Newman, who set the Pioneer League single-season record for home runs. And uh, what I'm getting at, though, is the, the schedule is going to always be a, a moving target and you're going to play way more games against the North. If you're in the North and the South, if you're in the South and which of the North or the South has the teams that aren't uh, highly competitive or that aren't spending the money that year or that aren't 
you know, doing as good a job scouting or whatever the factors might be. There's a massive disparity between really good and really bad in the Pioneer League right now. And so much of your schedule, it, it might be compiled of playing teams that are really good or really bad that might influence your record. And that said, I'm not implying that the Paladins had a soft schedule. You just don't know what you're going to get when you get to that championship series. Like, you don't know what to make of the team from the South's record if you're in the North, and vice versa as well. More than anything, you're talking about, you know, I guess when it was all said and done, last night I believe was the 99th overall game for the Missoula Paddleheads. And, you know, you win 71 of those games, but then you lose two in a row and you hardly lost two in a row all year long, but you happen to lose the two in a row that are right at the end. It makes it end with a little bit of bitter taste in their mouths, I'm sure. So uh, all things considered, a unbelievably uh, fun and uh, successful season for the Paddleheads that came to uh, a heartbreaking ending for anybody that's uh, a follower or a fan or a supporter of those uh, those players in that team. But but the, uh, the 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 memorable moments include those 69 wins, which were um, a club record. Jason Newman's home run total of 32 home runs in 95 games, which is just an unbelievable number. And Nick Gateward's record of 36 doubles in that same amount of games. So that, that's uh, they they hit they're hitting the ball uh, in Missoula to be sure. So the uh, Grand Junction Rockies, the champions of the Pioneer League, the Missoula Paddleheads, the Kings of the North. And uh, until next summer, we bid you adieu, Missoula Paddleheads. But thanks to uh, the continued partnership we've had with the Osprey and now Paddleheads, and uh, thanks to uh, all the people down there at the front office who are uh, good friends of ours here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, both in business and uh, outside of business as well. And uh, thanks uh, especially to Jeff Safford for his dedication and uh, his steadfast and very entertaining and easy to listen to uh, play-by-play uh, throughout the summer. Baseball's over uh, in the city of Missoula for the summer, uh, but there's still baseball on the major league level. I'll give you an update on the standings, and maybe, just maybe, the main man Tommy Evans will dip in the studio as well to sh- tell you what's coming up on the new show. We'll take you home here on your Tuesday. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Wonder what Lloyd Banks is doing right now. <laughs> Probably counting his money. At least I hope he is. Little G unit for you here on your Tuesday. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Appreciate you for tuning in, hanging out, and riding with us here on your Tuesday. Missed anything in the show today? Talk some Monday Night Football. Got some stuff off my chest about the uh, poor situation the Vikings got going on at quarterback. Also gave you some of the best storylines from around high school football in the state of Montana. Had our Treasure State Stars. And we heard from Dane Broadhead, the new head coach at Helena High, as they make their way to play Missoula Sentinel this upcoming Friday. Also had Justin Engel swing by, talk salary cap and parallels in the business world when it comes to the NFL and how there's really no other business like it. Uh, particularly in the regulation of it. And we talked to Missoula Paddleheads baseball, the Paddleheads season over after their 10-4 to loss 
to the Grand Junction Rockies uh, last night here in Missoula. You can find all that on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by the M-Store, the Advocates, and the Montana State Bookstore. Trying to do more YouTube content around here. You know, it's uh, not something I ever thought I would be doing, videotaping this ugly mug and this giant head and uh, you guys watching it, but you do. You, you watch it, so I'm going to keep making it. And i got some stuff coming up. Uh, our players to watch for the Portland State Vikings and the Eastern Washington Eagles. Those will be within our first looks on uh, SkylineSportsMT.com a little later on this evening. Thanks to Andrew for taping and producing and facilitating all that and for coming up with the idea. Uh, and you also be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channels, uh, both Nuanas Now as well as uh, Skyline Sports as well. You can find all that content there. Tomorrow, fun show for you. Uh, jam-packed full of a bunch of football guests. Who would have thunk? Sam Herter, Hero Sports, will make his, uh, now I guess, weekly appearance. We had Sam on last week, and we'll have him on again this week uh, to give us a preview and uh, handicap the Big Sky Conference uh, entering the conference opening weekend across the league. Also going to hear from Montana State head coach Brent Vegan. Uh, the way the press conferences are working at Montana State right now, I get piped in, and then I get a chance to ask my questions, so it actually turns into kind of a one-on-one with Coach Vegan. So that's fun. And so we got about nine minutes with Coach Vegan uh, from Monday, so we'll share that with you. Also have some Grizz hockey lead up. The Grizz hockey team opens their season uh, 10 days from now. So that's Friday, September 30th. Uh, looking forward to that. University of Providence here uh, in Missoula down there at the Glacier Ice Rink. Our ESPN roundtable tomorrow is going to fe- feature John Johnson, a guy with some Montana ties who now has the uh, challenging task of heading up the athletic department at Portland State University. Uh, what is the future of athletics at Portland State? What is the future of football at Portland State? And what does he think of Portland State's place in the Big Sky Conference and in the ever-shifting landscape of college athletics? And we'll also have uh, our Grizz Star of the Week. Haven't had confirmation yet on who it might be, but we'll have a member of the Grizz football team uh, join us here on the uh, the radio tomorrow as well. Later on this week, we're going to hear from uh, Aaron Best from Eastern Washington, Bruce Barnum from Portland State, Bobby Houck from the University of Montana, and uh, also have some high school interviews as well. Tyson Bowder from uh, Hamilton High School, who is the quarterback there for the Bronx, will join us. We'll hear from some of the uh, head coaches from Missoula's Class AA high schools as well. Carol and the Chicken Does No Sports coming up later this week as well. And uh, also... Ryan Tutel will be swinging by as well. He'll join us on Friday and Saturday. How about that? He'll be on Nuanas Now on Friday, our former co-host here, one of my great friends. And uh, he'll also be manning the ship, steering the ship for our ESPN College Game Day on Saturday. I'll be here for uh, part, part of the show, but then we're splitting up the team, and some will be here in Missoula for homecoming. Some will be making the trek, including myself, over to Cheney uh, to cover Montana State. So our, our goal this year is to have people on the ground and in person at uh, wherever the Cats and the Grizz are playing. And uh, so it'll be fun. And then we're going to make our way over to Seattle uh, right after that and uh, watch the Seattle Seahawks versus the Atlanta Falcons and uh, see Troy Anderson uh, live and in person in the NFL. So that should be a fun uh, a, fl- a fun trek as well. 
please come join us on Saturday before the game if you're headed over to homecoming. I will be there uh, all morning long getting set up and hanging out. So certainly come over, say hi. Uh, We'll have Domino's Pizza and some Pepsi Cola on hand. The Badlander will be slinging uh, the the stiff drinks. Uh, We also have all sorts of fun booths. Uh, there, so you can see all sorts of uh, particularly home improvement, a big angle uh, this year in our uh, pregame show. We also will be uh, showing off our awesome toy hauler from RV Truck Sales. So uh, we'll be down there about 10 o'clock on Saturday. We'll be on the air from 11.30 until 1, and we'll get you all set up for Montana's homecoming game against Portland State. We'll be back at it tomorrow, leading the show with Sam Herter at 4 p.m. We'll see you then. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.